Mark and I were asked many times whether today would be a Canada Day theme show. And the answer was always very simple to us. And yes, Mark and I are very proud to be Canadians. We recognize that we live in the greatest country in the world. We have our freedoms. We have excellent health care and education, a great country to raise a family, a peaceful country. We can step outside and be in the great outdoors. There's nothing better than that. We even have the Canadian flag on our logo. That's how proud of Canadians we are. But it's not about that today. Because our fellow citizens, our fellow countrymen, the Indigenous community have been suffering for a long time, way too long, without any resolution or closure to these families, without improving things moving forward. And to Mark and I, that's completely unacceptable. And we are cognizant of the fact that Mark and I grew up white privileged. We did. We come from middle class families. We had our education paid for. We had great homes. We always had food on the table. We always had love. What didn't happen to us is that we were not stripped from our homes. We were not forced to go to residential schools. We were not stripped of our culture. We were not told we could not speak our own language. That happened to our fellow citizens, our friends, our family members, our community members in the indigenous community and went on too long and it's completely unacceptable. Now, Mark and I may not be able to make significant change, but we can start by providing voices, by providing awareness. And this needs to come to a closure immediately for these families and for the whole Indigenous community. And we stand by them completely, 100%. We'll never stop standing by them because we can feel their pain. We can feel their suffering. We are empathetic to their needs. So today is not a show dedicated to a celebration, to a party, because that's not acceptable at this time, at this moment. We hope it will be. We will hope it will be next year when these families get closures, when the bodies of these children are returned to their traditional barriers, where they can be respected, for the families can find some closure. That's what we want to happen. Reconciliation, an apology, stand behind the Indigenous community because they are fellow Canadians. And we will consistently do that. And this show today is dedicated to them. Uh, you know, great, uh, great words tonight for a very somber show as we uh, will be joined very, uh, very soon. By uh, a very special guest tonight, uh, Gary, uh, Gary, who is a part of uh, the traditional healer with uh, the Missaway Health and Wellness Center here in the city of Timmins. Yeah, it's a real honor and a privilege to have Gary Martin join us tonight. Um, yeah, we're tremendously honored. And uh, I know that you, you have spoken to him uh, earlier on today. And, uh, you know, we're very happy to, to have him on board and, you know, share his story and his message. Now, be, before we bring Gary on, though, Mark, we do have a, a couple new uh, companies that have joined the Kins and Clomp family, right? That's right. Uh, La Luna's Takeout and Variety have joined the show for uh, the summer. This is their first uh, day of their first month of July, uh, located at 332 Commercial Avenue. It's a family-owned and operated uh, business. 
and let them take care of lunch and dinner for you. The owner, Melissa Michaud, is hoping you'll stop by to keep her partner's dream alive. And she wanted me to mention this on tonight's show. The meaning behind La Luna's is in honor of Melissa Michaud's partner, Melissa Cool, who lost her life back on October 29th of last year. The store was her dream, and Melissa is working on fulfilling her dream. So if you haven't been to La Luna's Takeout and Variety, make sure you stop on by and help fulfill Melissa Cool's dream and Melissa Michaud's dream in fulfilling that dream. 332 Commercial Avenue in Timmins, and she says they have the only keto pizza in the city. So call to order today, 705-269-0220. Good. And our friends at the Mountjoy Farmer, I love these farmer markets. So are we starting soon? Uh, we're starting very soon. In fact, on Saturday, ran into Rock yesterday. Rock has jumped on board with Kins and Klomp Live. We're going to uh, showcase what's happening at uh, every farmer's market. And of course, the first one begins uh, this Saturday at Partissa Park, 600 Riverside Drive, 9 a.m. till noon. He also sent a message, wanted to uh, pass this along, that they're still looking for farmers to jump on board. So if you're looking to uh, you know, sell your goods, there's still uh, time to get a table put up for Saturday. And you can call uh, Rock uh, today and between now and Saturday to sign up, 705-266-3455. And also says to check them out on the Mount Joy Farmers Market. Right. Facebook page. So uh, welcoming two new uh, sponsors, yes. Kins and Klomp Live tonight. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. I mean, great local support. Once again, we've seen that consistently. Uh, we love them for it. And you and I will be at the farmer's market on uh, Saturday, 9 a.m. So don't sleep in, Kinsman. No, no sleeping in. We will be there. And uh, yes, looking forward to it. Okay. So uh, Gary is here. So I am going to bring him on and we'll pop him on the screen. Am I uh, too dark? Uh, it's it's a little dark. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll switch spots here a second, guys. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Uh, this might be a little better here. Yeah, there you go. How's that? You, you, you have some light there. Better light uh, that way. There you okay, go. There he is. Now, now, Mark, before Gary joins us, don't forget, I've added a logo to the show, so you got to slide over a bit. Yeah, i got to slide over just a little bit. There he is. Adjust our oh. head here. Oh, you look great now, Gary. Well, we're a team. Yeah, we're all in orange. Yeah, there, there we go. Um, you know, uh, I, we mentioned it before, and I know you spoke with Mark, but, you know, from myself uh, and Mark, th thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, it, it's a tremendous honor. Um, your name is known uh, across the community. A lot of positive words uh, as a leader uh, in the Indigenous community. Uh, uh, I've spoken to a couple people who have uh, listened to your teachings, and uh, it's, it's just a privilege that you took the time today to, to come and speak with us. Well, thank you. I think it's very important that uh, that we get some uh, voices on the air to share with Canada uh, what we're going through right now. Mm -hmm. It's not a happy time for us. Uh, even just doing this radio show right now, it's... Uh, this is a toughest one for me. I've done I've done a lot of TV interviews before, mm -hmm. but as soon as you start talking, man, you, you can feel those emotions coming up. But uh, I'm ready to talk. Okay. You know, Mark and I were we're we're talking about where to begin, and, and and the one question I always had was, you know, when I'm talking to you know uh, 
my partner's indigenous or family's indigenous. And the question I have, like, how do you begin with the healing process? I, I don't believe it started yet, has it? Well, uh, okay, I'm going to bo boast about my program. Mm -hmm. uh, it was through uh, uh, this program that uh, I ran out of the health center, Mr. Way Health Center is a traditional healer program. And this has been a lifelong journey for me. Uh, uh, it, this this program I developed is based on my dad's suicide. Uh, he killed himself when I was 24. From that point on, I, like uh, my uh, daughters, I have four daughters. They, they never had the opportunity to see my dad. I have 11 grandchildren. They never saw their great grandfather. So, like we've gone through a lot of losses. I'm, I'm what you call second generation. My dad was first generation. My daughters are third. My grandkids are fourth generation. And I'd like to think my daughters, you know, grandchildren don't have to suffer the horrible things we went through as children. But the healing has begun here in Timmins. Uh, I, I, I uh, looked long and hard right across Canada for some Aboriginal people that specialized in trauma and post-traumatic from an Aboriginal point of view, not the Western model. That's one thing we don't accept in my program is mental health and addictions. We don't want anybody, anybody's mind altered. If we're going to use something to help them heal, it's going to be our tra traditional bush medicine. We, we make everything from scratch. And um, so from that, uh, you know, it, it took me about eight years to find uh, this guy. And uh, his, his name is Gerald Teesman from uh, Haida in uh, British Columbia. Um, it started from there, and I met this other young man that uh, in my travels, Jules Tapes. He also specialized in, in uh, focusing therapy on uh, indigenous trauma. Uh, all our workers at Missway Center, like in my program as well as the CYW, are all trained in Aboriginal trauma and post-traumatic stress. So we, we've developed a program to help our people heal from the most severe cases that any human being can possibly think about. Uh, you, you can imagine what the uh, Jews went through with the Holocaust. I don't think they had programs ready back then. But most of my learning on this program that we developed is based on our model of healing. Um, the... Uh, the thing that we have to realize, you know, uh, when these kids were taken away, most of them were taken away from the age of, you know, as young as uh, four years old up to 16. So when you know about brain development, it's the most crucial years are from birth to 12. And I think when you think about the kids that were taken away and placed in residential school, that, that's where love ceased to exist. And they introduced uh, harsh punishment. You know, when we look at our history, uh, we never had a thing uh, such as teen pregnancy before. Because all the girls and boys were taught from grandma, grandfathers, the aunts and uncles, how to live that po positive uh, life, healthy lifestyle. So when, when they were in their mid-20s, that's when they married, because we're ready to have children. Uh -huh. But because of all the abuse that uh, occurred over the years, you know, uh, that, that part of the female was taken away. I'm constantly asked by a lot of mainstream uh, service providers in uh, child welfare, why do the girls keep having babies for if they can't, don't want to keep them? 
Well, you know, if you if you if you know anything about uh, post traumatic stress, that will knock the strongest man down. Doesn't matter how strong you are, because that's one thing that the, a lot of the kids missed out on was that nurturing. Like our people are very very caring people. Even if somebody died and the, the husband perished, like the men would fulfill that role by providing nourishment, wood, water, whatever that family needed. They weren't just ostracized and put aside. So getting back to my program, uh, you know, we've developed uh, three programs here in Timmins over the last, uh, like I said, eight years, and we've been running them for about seven years now. We've graduated about 400 women and compared to 90 men. So the men still have a ways to go to catch up to the girls because they're, they're ready to heal. Mm-hmm. We also have a, a youth program. It's a three-day youth program. And because of that age group, uh, like pretty well from 12 to say 19, it's coping skills that they're lacking. And that's what we instill in them. We connect them with some support services in town. And we have all kinds of ceremonies, like every ceremony that was taken away from our people back in the day, we're going to implement through our program, including burials, uh, weddings, uh, walking out ceremonies, you name it. Everything that was taken away from us, we're going to implement here in Timmins in our program. And our catchment uh, area here in Timmins goes as far west as Constance Lake to Chaplow Cree to Bear Island uh, to Mogme. So that's a pretty big area. And I'd like to thank you know. We, we took the proper time to develop this program and that's why it's so successful. When, when I compare my five-day program to Western addiction programs, we do a hell of a lot more in those five days than they do in 20, 28 days because mainstream services provide that, that are pro, they're providing for our people are, are focused on symptoms and medication. And what we do is uh, we put the medication away and we, we support and, and create that safe environment for them to share. And some of the sh- stories that these people are sharing, man, like I'm just very, very surprised that we haven't had a lot more losses with the adults that survived because of the stuff that they saw, including my dad, which was, a, he was a residential school survivor. He originates from Fort Albany First Nation. St. Anne's school was there, but at the time he uh, was old enough or taken away to go to school, he, uh, that, that school was full. So he was sent to Pelican Falls uh, up in Sioux Lookout for two years. And I often wondered, you know, why uh, I had so much resentment towards my dad for not teaching me the language. I lost my Cree, a good part of it. But I didn't realize until after he committed suicide, like he didn't, the reason he didn't want us to speak Cree is that he didn't want us to get beat like he did. Like he didn't push me in school. I dropped out of school when I was grade seven. Because again, he didn't want me punished in the school system. So all those resentments I had before he died, like, you know, were really bad and very deep. But once I understood what, what he went through as a child, and I knew why he became violent when he, uh, you know, started drinking. And unfortunately, my mom... You know, my mom and the kids suffered. Like, how, how, how do you stop a full-grown man from beating on your mom? All you can do is cry. But there's nobody there to help you. And that's how, that, that, this is how these kids suffered in residential school when they were abused 
they couldn't cry because there's nobody to, to protect them. Some of the stories that these kids, you know, these adults come out of residential school is just amazing. Like I said, they're still alive. We're, we're, we're very resilient people. I can only imagine some of the things these kids uh, suffered, you know. Can you imagine, say, a 10 years old being given that responsibility to throw that baby in the furnace? Because it's the, the it's the priest that fathered those children. That, that was their way of hiding them. If they didn't burn them to death, they buried them, you know. There's so many uh, unmarked plots out there that you think the numbers are high right now in Canada. Uh, that, that's just in the West Coast. Wait till they get to Ontario and uh, the eastern provinces here. I, 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 I think we're the only ones in Ontario that's ready for the trauma to come out here. Because we got programs, we've developed these programs, we, we've trained our workers. And I think for mainstream, if they want to keep uh, providing services to our clients, they're going to have to learn trauma and post-traumatic stress techniques because the symptoms approach isn't working. And, and that's something I'm going to really push here in town is uh, we need our own uh, family healing program. Like we, we have some at the property right now, but this is just for Timmins. Like we need a lot more of, of these places in Ontario that's land-based. And the programs have to be delivered by Aboriginal people that have gone through the system. You can't teach this stuff in school. All my knowledge and wisdom comes from life of hard knocks. You know, watching my dad beat up my mom, uh, finding my dad dead on the floor. Like, how, how does young, how does young man carry on? You know, carrying all those emotions. And I can see why so many people drink, use drugs just to numb the pain because there's so much pain there. I'm just, uh, I, 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 to tell you the truth, you know, I, I don't think mainstream society is ready for what they're going to come across when these, these people start talking. Because we've, we're, we're capacity building right now. Jules, my uh, uh, lead therapist or healer, he has uh, four groups of students being prepared for trauma right now. Uh, I'm in uh, year two class. We have year ones, year threes, year fours. So we're going to have probably about 80 graduates in about three years. And that's just for the Timmins area. And these guys are all going to be trained in trauma and post-traumatic stress. And to tell you the truth, you know, we're, we're teaching a lot of social workers, addiction workers, mental health workers, psychologists in town here, how to deal with trauma. Because they're not trained in that. They're trained to deal with symptoms. That's the big difference here. That's why they're not getting the results we are. And I, I, I hope the people are listening here to that, that, that are in power, take what I'm saying to heart and make that honest change. We, we know that structure that we work in, and it's not effective for us. Child welfare was designed to keep our kids in care. There's more kids in child welfare system now than there was in the day when residential school was going full, full bloom. There's something wrong with the system. Um, Education, why is there two, two tiers of education, federal and provincial? We all live in Canada, we all live in Ontario. You know, a lot of mainstream uh, people uh, think that we had a choice living on reserves. No, we didn't. We were forced to live there. I think the federal government will never acknowledge this, but the reason they put us in those isolated remote areas, hoping that we would die off. The big mistake they made is that that's where we're strongest. That's where our animals are. 
That's where our medicines are. We live off the land. Just like uh, just before this interview today, like I, I was so nervous, like I, I had to go in the bush. I had to go lay some tobacco down and smudge myself down just to get settled enough to talk about this. Gary, you're, you're talking about those kids that never had a chance to talk here, including your dad and all, all his brothers and relatives. And like there's so many of us in James Bay, Timmins, Chaplow, all over Canada. And nobody's trained to deal with that. So if government really is sorry for what they did to us, then they better start putting out some funding out there so we can build our own treatment centers for our families. And if they want to follow us so they can uh, you know, help their people heal, we'll be more than happy to show them that. We've never turned down non-Native people in our programs. If anything, the guys and women are very accommodating. If they need to heal, Gary, bring them in. They're not, they're not holding those grudges or things that happened to them in the past, they're still, they're still willing to walk with them to heal together. That's saying a hell of a lot for, for our people compared to what Canada did to them. I have a lot of non-Native friends. You know, when I first moved to Timminshire uh, 40 some years ago, just to get on a ball team was a hell of a thing. You know, I, I thank God I met three non-Native boys that were very good. The barber boys, Ted, Jim, and Jim, uh, and there were three non-native guys. They took me under the wing. We, we played, I, like I, I, we've been friends ever since, over 45 years. They, they wouldn't treat me as a native guy. They just treat me like anybody else. There's never any comments made about my skin color, whatever. You know, they just treated me like a human being and I'll, I'll be forever grateful for those three guys. They're the ones that embraced me when I got to Timmins. First comment I heard, you know, riding down Third Avenue when I got off the train that night, that's when the train used to come to Timmins here. You know, people were honking their horns at me. I said, geez, this is a friendly place to be. You know, I guess that's a way to saying hello. Until one guy rolled his window down and said, go home. Like, I, that's the first time I heard, I heard that. I think I was 19 years old when I heard that. Uh, I said, this is not a very welcoming environment. Then you're trying to get a, an apartment or a house. And you, you, you phone ahead and yeah, okay, the apartment's ready. You can get it. So I, I go there to pay my first and last month's rent. Oh, sorry, it's taken. Um, you know, I, I go home, I get my brother called. I said, uh, he calls that same landlady. Is your apartment still available? He said, yes, it is. But my brother just came there five minutes ago and you said it was taken. And the only difference was he saw the color of my skin. Like I, I don't drink. I pay my bills on time. I go to work every day. I've raised my four kids. You know, I buried both my parents and I'm still here. I haven't given up because I'm determined to break this system down so we can be treated like every other Canadian. Um, you know, I, I really think, you know, with what's happened over the last uh, you know, month or so with these uh, bodies being found, I think this is a perfect opportunity for the city of Timmins to open up their eyes and start doing something positive for us rather than just hanging a flag up at City Hall. We're more than a goddamn flag. You know, look at, you look at, uh, I, 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 I've been living here for 40 some years. You would never tell there's any Aboriginal people in the city of Timmins. What? You know, uh, where, where, where's the pride there? The only time they want to talk to us is when, when we have to open up a mine. 
then they want to talk. Things got to change out there, guys. You know, uh, <clears throat> we, we get uh, treaty money, uh, treaty monies every year, four dollars a year since our treaty was signed. That's our that's our rent payment we get from the Canadian government, four dollars a year. How would you feel if you got that check? You know, every time I get that check, it just stirs up all these negative feelings. Look at look at the richness here in Canada. Why are these people still under boil advisory? And they can send millions and millions of dollars to other countries. You know, I, I, I talk to, uh, like I sit on both school boards here, the public and the Catholic. I don't know how many years they've been promising us language programs. They dangle that in front of us just like Trudeau used to dangle you, you know, clean drinking water. Once you get elected, no, no, no clean drinking water, no language program. Why is that? So there's talk in the community now, you know, if that's what uh, we're going to be given here, we, we want to set up our own educational institution here for our kids with our Aboriginal teachers and our language programs and our culture programs, our land-based programs. And we'll show the Western programs how successful this could be if all those cultures are respected. You know, we haven't changed our living style other than moving into town, but every weekend, like we're still in the bush practicing our old skills. So you ask yourself right now, you know, if the power was to go out, how many of us could go on and survive? This is another thing we teach the kids that, you know, on the program, uh, on our land-based program, is how to live off the land. We show them how to make medicine. You know, we, we, have, we make topical creams for elderly that have sore joints, arthritis, rheumatism. I, you know, I'm gonna brag about this other medicine, it's called Minigan. We make the best Minigan for psoriasis and, and uh, eczema. There's nothing out there that can compare to it. And what do we charge for that? Just a little piece of tobacco. If they want to give me a bannock uh, as a gesture, uh, you know, a goodwill, uh, then that's what we do. It's all trading. We don't do any exchanges of money. And that's what I'm offering the city of Timmins here. If you want to come learn, you have to get out of their comfortable offices, come on the land, sit in the TP with, TP with us, and we'll share our knowledge with them. We've had Ministry uh, of Natural Resources come out there. City police come out there. But we tell them, can you please leave your guns at home? You know, we're just having a meeting here to talk. That's very intimidating, especially with the trauma our people have been through. And they see somebody coming there with a gun. Like for me, my dad killed himself with a gun. So every time I see a gun, I see my dad laying on the floor. Like I, I got to shake my head. No, it's, it's over, Gary. But that memory is still there. But I've learned through trauma and post-traumatic stress how to manage those memories now. The thing you got to remember about trauma, we all survived trauma that, we, that Port of Western are still living. It's the memories we have to deal with now and manage, and that's post-traumatic stress. And when you look at our children that went through residential school, that's not normal stress, not normal trauma. This is what you call complex trauma. You know, assault after assault after assault after assault. How, how, how do you deal with that? Western society doesn't know how to deal with that. That's why they medicate them. So there's talk in the city here about, uh, you know, um, a safe injection site. Instead of building that safe injection site, why didn't they build a family treatment center here? Something that's going to produce tangible results. I, ke I kept records of all my clients that come in through Missoula Health Center. 
for the last 18 years. I work with native, uh, non-native men and women. This is 2021, guys. You want to know what my rates of sexual abuse are in my program that people, when people come in there? It's running at about 98% right now. That's your core issue. There's not very many people in the city of Timmins that are trained to deal with sexual abuse like that at that level. So there's, there's a lot of work to be done, but you know, it all starts by putting all these uh, brains together, people in power. You know, we're, we're not just decoration pieces that you can sit on a board with one vote. You have to have Aboriginal representation. I see a lot of decorations around town that, you know, on City Hall, different Aboriginal uh, school boards. There's not much power behind that seat. We have one trustee on the board, like, I forget how many trustees on there, but we only have one vote. Like we need our voices at those tables so because we can have more power. I'll give you an example here. Uh, in traditional healing, uh, a simple thing like a fire, we're exempt from all fire bans in Canada. Regardless if there's a fire ban in Ontario, we're still exempt from that. We, we, we still can have our ceremonies like for a sweat lodge, a sacred fire. We, 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 we get the uh, proper documentation from a fire department, like a fire permit. Even though we don't need one, we still get got one. Just, you know, just, just to play by the rules by everybody else. Somebody calls uh, that there's an open fire on our property. The fire department shows up, douses out our fire. Does not apologize. He said, there's a fire ban. I said, who gave you authority to put out this fire? The, the assistant deputy chief. He should know these rules. That's like me going to the Catholic church on a Sunday and pissing on their altar. That's exactly the same thing that happened here. How would they feel? And our, my fire keeper, you know, he, he, he's got the authority to do whatever he has to do to protect that fire because that's his grandmother and grandfather's in that fire. And, and if it wasn't for his uh, common sense, one of those firefighters would have got hurt that day because he was told to protect that fire no matter what. And those, uh, I think there was about four or five of those men that showed up, these those out the fire. And here's this young kid just trying to learn about the culture. And these guys come here with a big fire truck and put those out. I I, uh, I called the fire department next day. No apology. We're, we're not replacing the wood, Gary. To put on a sweat lodge, you know, to pay for a healer, a, a, a fire keeper and the wood, you, you're talking about $1,200. And that was all doused out in five minutes. Not even one apology. I, I, I thought they would at least invite us down to the fire department to show them some cultural stuff that they don't know. So everybody's where so stuff like this doesn't happen again. And the city wonders why some of our people are upset. Well, things like that don't make us happy. That's very disrespectful. How are we supposed to heal if they're going to come there and put out our fires? You know, we're, we're like, every, like we, we, everything that we lost through that system, man, we're, we're going to bring back. We're getting stronger. Our, our people are getting trained. Like we, we have First Nation doctors out there, lawyers, uh, politicians, you name it. We got them in those places now. When you look at the city of Timmins, our Aboriginal population base is about 10,000 right now. I can see maybe in the, uh, in the next 10 years, there's gonna be a lot more brown faces at council chambers. And then they're, gonna, they're not gonna have a choice to listen. 
I'd like to work with them instead of against them. I, I, I'm speaking for those kids that weren't able to make this, you know, this far. And I think that's why it's so hard for me to talk about this because it, it gets emotional because look at all the suffering that went out there. All the lives that were lost. If that would have happened to a mainstream person, man, there'd be a full blown out investigation. But if it's a person of color, it's totally different. The Timmins Police Force, any like OPP, RCMP, they need to revamp their training. They need to uh, put re more re uh, training requirements on them. Like they should never pull out a gun. Like, you know, I, I've had situations, I'm not a trained police officer. I had people point guns at me, pull a knife on me, but through talking and kind words, they put that stuff down. But it's the way the police are, uh, are trained. You, you look at what happened on Gillies Lake. Poor little Joey Knapsweet. I bet you not even 100 pounds soaking wet, this guy. There's seven grown cops. Where's that element of talking this guy down? These guys had bulletproof vests, belly clubs, tasers. Why the gun? There was no need for that. This is frustrating when you, when you live in Canada and, and your people next door are getting shot. You think we feel safer walking around the city here when you see a cop looking at you? Like we're telling our people, don't walk alone anymore. Walk in numbers. It's safer that way. At least one of us will make it home. Pull out your cell phones and record it. Like this is pretty bad when you have to start doing that. And these guys are supposed to be protecting us. Isn't that why we pay, pay tax dollars? I think that's where some of our taxes go, but they're not listening to us. I think uh, your, uh, you know, the uh, reputation they have right now is not very good. There's a lot of, lot of uh, things they can do to make things better, but it's, it's Ottawa, right? Mr. Trudeau, he's no different than his dad. Like, you know, if Trudeau and the government think that we can watch our own kids, why did Pierre Trudeau hire an Aboriginal nanny to babysit Justin Trudeau? They're not good enough to watch their own kids, but they're good enough to watch his kids. I bet you guys never heard about that before. It's like the Queen. She took uh, 10 kids back from Man uh, Manitoba, and those kids never heard from since. And all those people wanted in Manitoba is those kids back home so they can be properly buried and put to rest, and they can have closure. There's so much happening out in Canada right now. Canada doesn't have any idea what our people have been through. And that's that missing chapter in Canadian history that the Canadian government has been hiding since they moved here. You think you've heard some horrific stories now? If I was to open up my client files and show you some of the things we've been through and, and uh, you know, the rates of suicide, drug use would be a lot higher if it wasn't for people my, like myself and the, the people I work with. The people I hire go through a stringent screening process. No drugs, no alcohol. They have to show us where they've done their healing. And if they haven't done their healing, they're not going to come work for us. First and foremost, if you're going to work for us, you have to be a healthy person. If you're not healthy, then we'll provide some uh, workshops so you can heal. Then you can work with our people. I'm, I'm sorry to say this right now, but, you know, uh, 
child welfare has our uh, children and uh, the justice system has our parents. So what, what happened to Section 10 of the Child Welfare Act where you can uh, place that child with a, a grandparent or a relative instead of uh, shipping them down from Fort Albany to Southern Ontario into a white family? That's still assimilation, but they, they're doing it through child welfare now. I know some of the things that I'm going to say probably will uh, not sit well with some of the community members here in Timmins, but uh, you know, uh, frankly, I don't give a crap. We've lost so much already. If it means giving up friendships with some of them, so be it. You know, I, ha I have my team, we're, we're walking ahead, we're not going to stop. We've, we've lost so much already, we're not, we're not going to back down anymore. We're not threatening violence here. We're just going to provide a lot of education so we can change those minds. When you have a healthy mind, you make better decisions. I, I know I like to uh, talk, but uh, is there any questions you guys want to ask me? <laughs> yeah, no, no, please. The, the floor is yours. Uh, you know, Mark, Mark and I are here to listen, and we feel that's one, the position we're in, that's how we can help support change is, is by listening to recommendations, to the stories, and promote the message. That's one thing that we feel that we're capable of doing, but just your position on, you know, I, I seen it actually this morning, uh, how people look at some members of the Indigenous community. So me and my partner, we are out for breakfast. And I often, when I go into a restaurant, I'll make a joke and, and, and people will laugh or pretend yeah. to laugh. Um, but so there was a, a you know, a, a younger Indigenous uh, gentleman, he came into the restaurant and he made a little bit of a joke about being a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. And and people looked like they were scared at him and looked like he was weird. They treated him completely different than I've ever been treated before. Yeah. And we were we were actually appalled at it. And it, so it happens just just this morning I witnessed it. Yeah. No, I've I've had that experience over the last couple of weeks too, just walking around Gillies Lake. Mm -hmm. You can tell there's a lot of uncomfortable pe people when they meet up with me, but I said, you know what? Educate yourself. You'll be surprised. Mm -hmm. What, you, what we've lived through. I said, we're not here to fight, we're here to educate guys. You know, education, like I said, there's uh, four parts to change, right? Identify, feel, understand. Once you get those three, then change happens. Unfortunately for a lot of people, they skip the feelings part, just like Canada doesn't want to feel this right now. They want to jump into understanding and change. No, 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 no. There's no taking shortcuts here. You, the Canadian government has gotten away with enough. It's time to hold them accountable uh, just as much as the church. Uh, my, my motto is, you know, if they're still alive, they should be held accountable. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter how old they are. You had previously mentioned uh, that the, the that the women are having more success than the males right now in, in, in terms of going through the program. What are some of the things you would look for that would identify that someone's ready to begin the journey of healing? Uh, usually, when they come and offer us tobacco, okay, 
And usually in our culture, that's our protocol that they want to ask you something or talk. And that's where it usually starts is, you know, we, we don't have a like a, a formal setup when they come in. It's very uh, informal. You know, have a cup of tea, have a coffee. Uh-huh. Tell a few jokes about the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it starts. You know, talk about hunting because uh-huh. that's what they miss is the bush. Talk about your fall hunt, your moose hunting, your fishing stories, man. They, they, that, that'll liven them right up. That's what they're missing in town here, guys. You know, I, I work with a lot of uh, disadvantaged youth. And uh, I had two uh, 19-year-old boys. Uh, I think we cut about 45 key peoples uh, in a week. And, you know, I was going to pay them good money. I said, no, no, Gary, keep the money. I said, well, what do you guys want? You know what, Gary, we've been raised in the system. We don't even know how to fish. Can you take us fishing, please? Like, I almost cried when I heard that. Like, every child should experience that fishing with mom or dad. The bonding that occurs, you know, catching your first fish. Like, in our society, like, when, when those little boys get their first kill, they don't keep it. They give it away to the community. Like, you know, what a beautiful thing. Eh? Like, your first moose, you can't even eat it. You have to give it away to the elders. That's that respect and pride you have for your elders because they raised you at one time. Now it's your turn to give back to them and look after those elders. So that uh, life cycle we operate on, that's how it works. Parents work with the babies, you know, the elders work with the youth. And they they broke down that medicine when they came up with that assimilation policy and introduced residential school. They kept the parents and the elders away from those kids and those youth so they couldn't teach them the language and the culture. It doesn't matter how much they get beat, you'll never beat the bush out of those kids. That innate thing is always within them. Like you go in a bush, you're so at home. It's just like being at your grandma's place, you feel so safe there. And people you, you think we're nuts sometimes. I said, you know, go sit beside a tree and talk to it. That's where you find patience and balance. You're not gonna find that in two minutes. Like you gotta sit there sometimes for three, four hours. And a lot of people with trauma can't sit still. They have to keep mobile all the time. They, they can't handle silence because all those memories coming back. But it's nice to sit with those memories too in a fasting camp. You go without food or water for four days. You make your body suffer, but you, you're detoxing your bodies from all the chemicals that you've introduced through the city here. And what you replace that with is with cedar water. Like we've we've survived worse things than this before, and we're, and we're still going to be here. And we rely heavily on our bush medicine, and that's why we're really concerned about the rivers right now, the, the forestry. There's so much pollution out there; it's not even funny. Like we're even start seeing that in our animals, at the moose. You kill a moose, sometimes the liver is all white. Why is that? Because chemical spraying in some of the areas around Timmins here. The fish. I built a camp on the Abitibi River, just north of Smooth Rock Falls. I built that there about eight years ago for my kids and my grandkids to carry on that bush life. I find out through one of my friends later on, uh, Gary, did you know that hydrotolus not eat too much fish from that river because of mercury? I said, if I would have known that, I would have never built my cabin there. I want to build it in a safe place where you can eat the food. So when you, when you stop that natural flow 
of the waters by building dams, you know, that damages that ecosystem. They, they can try and replace it, you know, but it'll never be the same. The fish don't have that natural flow like they used to. So you look at this flood in Timon so many years ago, that wasn't mother nature, that was a man-made mistake. When they try and mess around with mother nature, mother nature is always gonna have last say. We, they've proven, a, proven to, to us many, many times. And that's why our people are taught to respect the water. Not only will it give you life, it also will provide life for you, a nurturing liquid. You mentioned a few times, and you know, I I 100% agree with your point. You know, the 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 indigenous way of looking at healing and, and medicine, it's not the Western way. So the Western way would not work on the indigenous community. I, I assume at some point there's been an invitation, you know, to maybe Western medicine leaders or individuals of influence to come and see how you help individuals heal, how you treat them. Have, have they been uh, open to listen? Well, we've had uh, several uh, doctoring sessions at TDH. We've had uh, a doctor and a nurse specialist sit in on a doctoring session. There was some growth on this lady in her chest area. Now, how we do surgical uh, procedures, we, we use an eagle bone and some drumming and we'll suck it through, right through his skin. And those doctors said, we, we've never seen that before. I said, you know, since COVID started and all this bush medicine, we, there's two types of medicine we, we, we give uh, people for uh, COVID, two T's and one uh, uh, salve. Since COVID's been here, we haven't lost a client that's been on our medicine. So, you know, we must be doing something, right? And, 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 and the, the thing that makes us different from Western programs, we, we, bring, we bring spirituality into our program, not religion. We've seen the damage religion can do. And, and, and the spiritual connection we had is with our mother, and that's Mother Earth. That's why in our culture, you know, when a baby's born, they're not allowed to touch the ground until they have that walking out ceremony. You know, moms have to pick them up and walk outside. They can't touch the ground. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. how, that's how much respect those families had for a mother. Like, you know, that, that your baby can't touch the ground yet. They're not ready. And then they, when they graduate from that, they'll go up to the next one, the snowshoe ceremony. They have to show their uh, families that they can provide for their family. And these are these little boys. But it's progression. Like, the next stage after that is the... Uh, the strawberry fast for the girls when they start their moon time at 13, 14 years old, when the boys' uh, throat changes, their voice changes, they put, out, put them out for fasting for four days. And that's where you get their vision. Uh, you know, when, when you look at the history, his, historical books on our people, there's several comments on there about these savages living a unstructured life. Well, I don't know if you've heard about this uh, thing called a clan system. That, that, that was our governance. Like, for example, the Martin uh, a Bear Clan, that's where all your doctors would be, healers, social workers. We, we had our own police force. Those were the Martin Clan. We had child welfare. That was the Crane Clan. So we knew exactly what we were doing. We knew how to, uh, you know, govern our own people. We, we respected each other's lands. And I think the big mistake we made there was helping Christopher Columbus come back to life there. We should have just pushed him out of his boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
And seeing so many comments there, Gary, uh, tonight, Sherry's saying you're, you're such an incredible teacher. Uh, there's one gentleman uh, before he uh, passed away a few years ago, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip, referenced you as being the best and probably the only one who can do traditional healing. What, LA, what, what were your ties with Gord Downey up until his passing? Actually, uh, uh, TV Ontario did a story on uh, the, our program, uh, myself and Jules Tapes, and uh, uh, Nick Dunn was the writer, and he was quite surprised. He said, Gary, you, your program is based on your dad's suicide? I said, yes, it is. So he did, he, uh, did a fantastic article. You know, went all over Ontario, and uh, I guess the Gordon Lee Foundation got wind of that. And I get a call, and they said, Gary, are you Gary Martin? I said, yeah, we, we got your story. And, uh, you know, it's like finding this diamond in the rough. We didn't even know you guys were out there. Like, we don't do any PR work. This is all word of mouth. The Moggison Telegraph. So I get a call from Brady Lacroix. He says, Gary, you know, the, the, the organization is pretty impressed with that story you did. And they have a residential school garden down there that they want to give us a little plot. And they want to do a little artwork. And they, uh, but the artist has to see us so she can get that vision of what type of artwork she's going to do. And I guess they did a provincial-wide scan there when they uh, did some research on us. And we came back as being number one men's program in Ontario. Mm -hmm. That's not too bad for somebody with a grade seven education, eh? Incredible, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, just just tremendous. Do you feel? I I, I just feel at least for me, you know, I uh, you know, I grew up Caucasian. I, I mentioned the video uh, at the beginning. I I understand what the term white privilege is. I grew up in a mid class family. We yeah. we we were shielded with the information about residential schools. I went to a, uh, the Roman Catholic education. I wasn't aware of anything growing up. It wasn't until I was later. Do you feel like how come it took to find two hundred and fifteen young souls um, to start this outrage and I understand that the indigenous community has always been spoken about the residential schools, but now it feels like it's more of a mass population. Do you think people are, are building more awareness? So did it really take the fine 215 and we understand there's going to be many more bodies, but it did it really take that to start building? No, I, I think for myself, you know, to, to, to come to some kind of conclusion, why this is happening right now. Mm -hmm. I think our people are in a good place. They're, they're a lot healthier, a lot stronger, educated. And that's why I say, uh, like, we can handle this when it comes out. But at the same time, our brothers and their sisters that are, aren't trained in trauma, like, we're more than welcome to train them, offer them a seat in our training mm -hmm. so we can heal together and work together. Because, uh, like I said earlier, with my rates of uh, sexual abuse at 98%, that's about half of it is uh, non-native people. So it's out there all, uh, you know, in all facets of life. You take, for example, one, girl, one little girl, one little boy that's been molested at say three, four, five years old, that stays with them for the rest of their life. Their mm -hmm. intimacy, their trust, their self-worth, their self-esteem, their self-image. And that's why they become easy targets on the street. Like, when you see some, somebody vulnerable on the street, these pedophiles know who to go for. You know, some of these kids that were, uh, like you gotta realize these residential schools were around for a long time. 
some of these kids that were molested in uh, in the schools became molesters themselves later on. And this is what we're seeing out there now. It's very rampant that this is not acceptable anymore. These kids deserve to be heard and treated like everybody else in Canada and give them the proper care that they need to heal. And that's what's lacking right now is uh, facilities in, in town here to be able to do that. Like, yeah, I, I really think, you know, uh, when um, this all came out, I was on a uh, Zoom meeting with Justin Trudeau on June 4th. Ryerson University was the host. I forget the guy's name that was the moderator. But you, you got to ask one question. So before I, I put my question in there, I, I consulted with my healers throughout uh, Western Canada and Ontario. There's three things that they want. Any school that has any resemblance to a residential schools, those names have to be changed. Funding for proper treatment centers for our people and compensation and restitution. That's what they want. There's, and people in Western Canada want a lot more than that. They want charges laid against these guys. I mean, they're, they're, they have every right to ask for that. What, what I'm preparing for here is when they need services, we're going to be ready for them, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, group work, or ceremonies. Like everything that was taken away, like I said earlier, is going to be implemented in our program, right from sun dances to you know, night lodges to naming ceremonies to weddings to burials, funerals. We're going to do it all. We, we had this incident about two, uh, three years ago in town. This young native man had passed away from cancer. Uh, he, he, he wasn't uh, working, didn't have a lot of money. And the family came to me and said, Gary, uh, we, we can't bury our, uh, our brother Johnny. I said, why not? Because we can't pay the $200 for the minister to conduct a burial. I said, they charge you for this? Yeah, I, uh, we can't. We don't have money. I said, "Well, do you, do you mind if we uh, bury to our program?" So we we conducted a, a traditional burial for Johnny. The family was happy. He said, "That's the first time we've ever seen this, Gary." I said, "You're going to see a lot more of this." One of the things that's so different from the city uh, compared to reserve life, for example, is uh, burials in the winter time. Uh, my mom died in February, uh, two and a half years ago. We couldn't bury her until the spring. Back in Moose Factory, somebody dies. There's a group of men that dig until that hole is dug six feet under. Doesn't matter if it's January or July. That full service is conducted right from the church service right to the burial. You don't have to wait and drag it on for three or four months until the ground gets soft. That's what you call proper closure. And I think that's why you found the bodies are being found. We're ready for that now. But I don't think Canada is. They have a lot of uh, a lot of work to do, including the city of Timmins and surrounding area. I'm, I'm I'm saying this with love, guys, not hate. I I want the city of Timmins to improve their relationships with us. If they start listening to us, I think they'd have uh, better results. You got to be from this culture to do the work. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I thought about uh, before this interview started, I said, you know, maybe we could do something with your uh, your program here. We could do, have educational teachings from time to time. 
We could, ah. we, we could explain what a sweat lodge is all about. Absolutely. We could explain what a, a pipe ceremony is all about. You know, we, we don't have these big uh, fancy synagogues, you know, in the same terms. We have just this little hut, maybe uh, 20 by 20. That's where we conduct all our business. Might cost us about a couple of thousand dollars to build it. It's not going to cost $200,000, guys. We try and take the cheapest route. Mm -hmm. we, we use stuff that will go back in the ground and, just, you know, Mother Nature will take care of it. So I think the city of Timmins is going to be a surprise to see what Mr. Way Health Center has to offer within a year because we were planning some big steps coming up. Uh, one of the things that we're very proud and uh, uh, to do, uh, hopefully in the next uh, few months here, is implement a five-day family program where we take the whole family, not just dad or mom. Everybody's impacted by that. So we're going to treat the whole family. I see uh, some of the comments. Yeah, a lot of comments coming in. Uh... You know, uh, th this is uh, one of the most difficult uh, interviews I've ever had to do live. And uh, I, I, I tell my friends, I just want to make sure I don't do say anything wrong. I want to do the very best I can here for the city of Timmins and the people. There's a lot of good people here, mm -hmm. very caring people. There's only a handful that need a little bit more help than them. I have a lot of friends on this uh, site right now listening to me, encouraging me, praying for me, because I can't do this alone. You know, uh, we as Native people, when we do stuff, we do this in groups. We don't do it by ourselves. We all sit in a circle, have a cup of tea, have a good laugh. <laughs> You know, with all the heaviness we have to deal with, work, work, like all the trauma every day, Monday to Friday, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, man, you should hear our jokes. you got to <laughs> laugh because it's too much to carry around. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll share one little story with you about uh, a personal uh, thing I did for a friend of mine. He's a couple of years older than me. Uh, unfortunately, he took a wrong turn from, like I quit, Quit my drinking and all that when I was 30 years old. I'm 64 years old now. Uh, this guy started his healing journey a lot later, but it, unfortunately, it took him. Uh, it took a SWAT team from Aurelia to come down here for him to see he had a problem. So he was banished from his town. And I took him into my program. I told him, um, "I'm not going to give up on you." Two and a half years later, we put him. We put them through two land-based programs, a men's five-day trauma program, a seven-day land-based detox, and one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling. This guy hasn't touched a drop since. He's got a full-time job now. You talk about success stories, we know what we're doing here. You know, we can almost guarantee these guys are going to get a job because, like, I know a lot of people in town, and I know a lot of good people are willing to help but they're still a little shy to go public with that. If, if we knew someone that needed help or if there was someone that is listening to you today and realized maybe they can use your and your team's assistance, how, how would they reach out to you? Well, uh, our office is located on 130 Wilson. Uh, the phone number is 705-264-2200 or you can put a post on my Facebook or Messenger. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, what, what mainstream has to realize, you know, uh, a lot of the people we work with are on the street. 
A lot of them don't have that technology like cell phones. So you have to make yourself available. You know, like this nine to five job in THP doesn't work. My clock is the sun. You know, I get to bed when I see the moon going up. We still run that traditional healer program that way. You know, even though we only get paid seven hours, we work a lot longer than seven hours. But that's a commitment we have to help our people. Here. Just, uh, just amazing comments coming in tonight. I'd like to see all those comments after a while because um, uh, I, I don't want to read them right now because I read one and it almost broke me down there. <laughs> yeah, they, from uh, Sherry there says, uh, Gary, you speak from the heart and from your knowledge base. You have my full respect and attention. That's from uh, Sherry Tremblay. Yes, that's very nice. Thank you. You know, right. I, you know as a as an Aboriginal person, that's all any child wants to hear. Mm -hmm. Those good comments. We, we've we've been hurt enough already. You know, we've, we've suffered enough. It's time to enjoy life now, guys. We we've lost way too much time. We've lost too much people. Like we just want to come in and have fun with everybody else at the park. Mm -hmm. We don't want these kids running away. Uh, we don't know them. The only way that these kids are going to understand is if they come into our circle. So what I'm going to offer the city here, if they really, really care about us, get rid, get rid of uh, Canada Day. You know what would be really nice to make a, a, a statement for the rest of Canada? Let's have a big power on, on July 1st next year and invite all nations there. And let's celebrate together. And at the same time, you can educate them. That's what I call the education gatherings, healing. You know, that's where you get that understanding. When you get to understand, that's when that mind is going to change. We're going to live in harmony, guys. I strongly believe that. And I think, you know, a lot, a lot of times because of the work we do within the schools with those young kids, believe it or not, 2021, guys, it's, it's the kids that are teaching their parents, their parents about residential school from our workers going into schools and teaching them about that. You know, I, I worked with uh, Hearst University. Two years ago, we did a presentation to uh, 18 university students from Hearst. Uh, just a one-day workshop. At the end of the closing circle, this one young lady from Hearst, uh, she was about 18 years old. She said, you know, Gary, like, I, I, I thank you for your presentation. I've learned so much for you. I, I've learned the truth now. But one thing I have to do when I get home tonight, uh, Friday, I have to invite my grandfather and my dad for supper. I said, oh yeah, that's nice. He said, no, 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 it's not nice, Gary. My dad, my grandfather taught my father that you were bad people. And that's what my father taught me. I'm, I gotta go home and correct that. That's not true, Gary, you're very kind. You're very giving people. Look what we've done to you and you're still willing to help us. When I heard that comment, I said, you know, what, what we're doing here is working. We're getting people from the other side, educating their own people on, on some of the things they didn't even know. They, they raised it to our people. You know, the common thing in Hearst University, uh, she said when she was in high school at Hearst, you know what the comment would be at lunchtime? Instead of lunchtime, let's go beat up a native kid. How sad is that? That, 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 that was last two years ago. 2019, that comment, that's still happening in Hearst. You know, that's what I mean. Like, you know, 
there's a lot, a lot of education has to happen with your uh, your chief and council, your uh, your mayor and uh, councillors. They they should all be taken through a cultural safety program. That should be mandatory for anybody going to the healthcare field, nursing, doctors. They have to take that cultural safety program. You know, if you don't know your people you're working with, you're not going to be much use to them if you don't understand them. Why are you medicating for if they got so much trauma? You should be sending them for counseling, not medication. I realize the doctors get kickbacks from all the pharmaceutical scripts, uh, right? But I'm not in this business to get people rich, guys. I'm in it to help our people heal. We've suffered enough already. There's um, there's a comment I did want to show you, and I know there's a lot coming on the screen, but uh, so proud of you, Dad. That's uh, Jessica. That's my second oldest. You know, my um, my oldest daughter Roxanne. She's uh, 41 now. Uh, she came up to me about four months ago. I said, Dad, uh, I want to be like you. I, I want to get trained in trauma. It's working, guys. Kids are watching us. Well, Jess, uh, my second oldest, uh, she's uh, my granddaughter had COVID. She's still here. You know, we give her our traditional medicine. I am a strong believer that's what kept her here. Mm-hmm. Having faith, you know, the power of prayer, power of working together, and the power of caring and treating everybody like a human being. And I think, you know, when you, you look at history, I think that's what they implemented was that take the humanness of the native people. But back in the day, guys, you know, dogs were fucking treated better than us. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen again. I'm very determined that education is our way out here, guys, and working together. You know, I, uh, I, 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 I love going to a daycare and watching these little sweet, innocent minds play together, regardless of their skin color. That's what you call a true argument when you're fighting over a car instead of skin color. Yes. <laughs> we got to teach that to the, uh, you, uh, the old people now. Yeah. Yeah. You can, learn, you can learn a trick or two from uh, toddlers, couldn't we? Oh, for sure. <laughs> but you know, the, what I say with those sweet, innocent minds, it's pure. Mm-hmm. They, don't know, no, they don't know how to lie. They only know how to speak the truth. And when they speak the truth, sometimes in dysfunctional families, there's a price to pay. And I don't want them to live in that environment anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up working, uh, walking around my house like it was, you were walking on eggshells. You know, sometimes my dad would be uh, very volatile, even when he was sober. I, I often wondered, you know, uh, in my adult life, why I eat so fast. That's because you went home, there's a big party. You just wanted to get to eat and get the hell out of there. And I took the uh, same as sleeping. You know, I, I never could fall asleep till about, oh, crap, 1.30. Because... Uh, I was always afraid that uh, my dad was going to kill me. Because he told me, if I ever kill you, Gary, I'm going to do it when you're sleeping. He told me this at six years old. I didn't realize I stayed up to protect myself. So when I started healing, that's the one thing I, I had to deal with. Like All my sisters, my younger siblings, Gary, uh, how, come you, how come you like to play the radio loud all the time at night when you put us to bed? 
because I didn't want them to hear my mom getting beat up. So, so for a lot of my uh, younger brothers and sisters, I was at Shield. Didn't, a lot of them never experienced the stuff I saw because I was protecting them from all that stuff. I used to go to town with my mom and dad, and my siblings would be mad at me because you get to go to town with them, Gary, all the time. Yeah, from 6 o'clock till they came home at 1.30 in the morning, pissed, drunk, and fighting. Was that fun? I don't think so. What I found fun was getting to see my friends in Cochrane for a couple hours before I went to the hotel room and stayed there all night. So my sister, when she told me that, she had a change of heart after. I didn't realize you, you, you had to put up with that, Jerry. There's a lot you don't know what I had to put up with because I protected my younger siblings. You know, I, I had to move away from Timmins for five years to find myself. And I found myself through my culture going to sweat lodge, getting my spiritual name, you know. And, you know, I, I still remember this elder that gave me my name uh, when I was about 32 years old. Elder threat from Susan. And that's where that name comes from, White Wolf. So I said, what, what, what are the responsibilities that come with that name, Hilda? Oh, there's lots of responsibilities come with that, Gary. And I said, I don't think I can carry that name right now. I had to go for treatment to deal with some of my emotional garbage. But the reason I got that name there, Hilda told me, was the fact that that white wolf protects the families and kids in the town you live in, Gary. So that's your job. And I've been doing that ever since I got that name. I never thought in my wildest dream I would have my own trauma program that I developed. But it's here. I'm willing to share it with the rest of Ontario. I'm getting calls already from groups in Hamilton. Very sound. I'd like to think we got it right, guys. And we're not going to keep this. We, we want to share it so everybody can heal together at the same time. And there's going to be a lot of culture in there. And we're going to bring back everything that was taken away from us. You know, sand dances, night like all those ceremonies. Did you know? I'll tell you a little story about laptops, okay? We were using laptops before Columbus came here. Did you know that? No. Our technology, our technology back then was called the Night Lodge. You know, we used animals to uh, check on our relatives that uh, they were maybe a couple hundred miles away. You know, that spiritual contact uh, connection we have with those animals, they were our messengers. And so when my uh, great auntie saw the laptop for the first time. She asked her uh, nephew, what, what's that thing? You're, are you mad at that machine while you keep poking it? She says, no, I'm, I'm typing a letter. Well, you're in the middle of the bush. How are you going to get it? It's going to bounce off the satellites and come back. <laughs> and she says, who invented that machine? She said, well, it was the Asian people. And before she turns around and walks away, she said, those people are slow. We've been doing that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> it wasn't way bad. Ahead. <laughs> way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. They're just catching up to us now. Yeah. But <laughs> that's right. It's just uh, you are a, a, a tremendous presenter and storyteller and very authentic. And your message 
as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and you can see by the comments, have, have, have reached people deeply. And I, uh, we strongly admire the work you're doing, helping individuals cope with trauma, uh, manage through it, through your own culture. And uh, it's just, uh, I think it's tremendous uh, listening to you. And I think you're going to make it, you are making a, a big positive impact on our community. Well, Absolutely. you know, uh, that's so... Uh... Those, those words are so nice to hear, guys. You know, uh, I've been waiting a long time for that. And I think you guys are going to be that bridge between those two cultures using your form of media here. And I think it's excellent. So I, I thank you both for connecting with me. Yes. And the guy on the left there <laughs> had an opportunity yesterday to, uh, you know, I, I refuse not to show young people how to conduct ceremonies. I got a call yesterday for uh, an elder that's going to be leaving us pretty soon. So when that happens, we, we cleanse them off with, uh, you know, base them down with cedar water, smudge, drink some sage, put some cedar in their slippers for that journey home. But, you know, uh, I think she was pretty amazed just to be like, she, I think that's her first week on the job here. I said, usually we get young people like that after six months. I said, no, no, you're going to get your feet wet today. And because of that, you know, she didn't run. She didn't run away from it. I presented her with an eagle feather. And I said, that's a lot for a young person. I, and she didn't back down. So you can thank her for me and not, you know, not backing down because she's got a lot more coming to her. She doesn't realize her gifts that she's carrying right now, but I can see it in her eyes. She's going to be one damn good worker. I could already, I could, I could already see uh, the look in Terry's eyes, the pride. It's like she found her path. And she yeah. actually said that, and she's tremendously happy and uh, excited and proud. And she she tells me that this is what she's she didn't know what she was looking for, but this now that she realizes this yeah. is it, and she she speaks very highly about you and the program. So. Well, you know, one of the things that you'll notice, uh, I'm going to invite you guys down to our property one day so you can actually see the site where you work at, and I can show you what we do out there. Okay, but just to get the feeling when you're on the land. It's like, you know, when you're, when you're uh, at your grandma's house, that feeling of safety, yes. that whole land is like that. It's a safe place, and that's why people are comfortable talking and healing out there. Because we connected to those ancestors with our people of today. And death shouldn't be something you're scared of. It should be a celebration. You're, you've, you've finished now, you get to go home. When those elders are getting ready for that journey home, they're like little kids going home from camp after being away from mom for a month. They're all excited. They're not going to hell. That's what the religion introduced, that fear. And, and that's how they scared away from our ceremonies. They, they, they said, all this work I do here is the work of the devil. You know, uh, I think it's going back about uh, 20 years ago. Uh, I shared a, a dream of mine when I moved back to Timmins and uh, with the uh, one of the workers from the Ojibwe Creek Cultural Center. And as a result of that dream, they built a 60-foot teepee on their property out on Langmuir. And uh, I really think that portion of land that they bought out there was uh, named after this elder named uh, Michael Patrick from uh, Pewanik. And that, that old man's gone. He's, he's been gone a long time. But he had that vision already back then of what he wanted for us, a place to heal and not lose our culture and our, uh, our ceremonies. 
so the thing was, you know, when you start blending uh, or mixing uh, two cultures together, like uh, traditional and Christianity, sometimes it's not a good fit. So that the site that we picked, I went there that night to put tobacco down. When I got there, there was two crosses in the middle of the road. You can't build here, Gary. What I should have did, what I did then, I should have did a long time ago. I just picked up those two crosses and threw them in the bush as far as I could throw them. I said, you guys are not going to stop me with religion. Because this is too strong. When you do things right, those spirits walk with you. Those ancestors are helping us. Those kids that have gone on are walking with us also. They want our kids to heal and our families to be together. Not in a foster home. So those of you that work in child welfare, you know what I'm talking about. Even the ones that are working in our own child welfare agency, they follow the same child welfare book. It's just that they're brown skin. They're still taking the kids. That should never happen. So I think that system's got to change around. Like we want our own Aboriginal Child Welfare Act. The Indian Act's got to go. There's no other race in Canada that has an act that they have to follow like us. Did you know back in the day, we could not leave the reserve without permission? And if we were, we'd lose our status or get tossed in jail. If we got uh, caught doing a ceremony, some of, some of us would get shot. You know, you look at uh, history, like what they did to the Inuits, the RCMP. They jumped off their plane and killed every dog in that community. And their dog was the means of transportation to get to their food and their medicines, right? And all of a sudden you got these people lost. Like how the hell, hell would any culture feel if you took that away from them? Can you imagine how a family of five would feel if they lost their remote for all the rest of their life? They'd go nuts. That's just a remote control. That can be replaced. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, got some good at this, uh, probably some hurt feelings, but if, 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 if they hurt your feelings, uh, I, I can help you with that. Come talk to me. <laughs> It's not hard work, guys. You know, uh, what we have to do when we do with trauma work, like a lot of times, you know, the first trauma session I ever had, uh, I think I was 33 years old. I thought it was same similar to our Western approach, you know, an hour session, but they see you for 45, so they can leave 15 minutes to record. My first session lasted five hours. And I had to go and rescue 28 little Gary's that were hurt. That's just one session. And I've had to go, you know, uh, rescue a bunch of Gary's. I, I, I used to see Gary back there crying. And that, I, actually, I used to see him by, through our trauma training. I have to go back and talk to Gary and bring him back out. That little boy has to be nurtured and loved. So that's, I think that's what really makes our program successful. Because we go back and touch that little boy, that little girl when we bring them home. Just like we're doing with those bodies that are being found, we're gonna send them home now. So I think uh, how this all happened with this show, this is perfect timing, guys. I, I, I think there's much more than you two working and me together. It's that spirit part that, that it's bringing us all together. This is just one program, guys. Can you imagine if we did this every once a week or once a month? Absolutely. Definitely bring you back on where someone says you should be a, a regular on our show to get regular updates. And, you know, we'd be 
We well, be, uh, I'll, I'll send you a copy of my contract, okay? Yeah, that's very <laughs> cool. But, but, but I, I, I think a, a live visit to, you know, yeah. to do one of the sweat lodgings and just... Uh, we, uh, we'd be happy to take you through this. Yeah, then you can speak for yourself. I, mm -hmm. I think so. We'd, yeah. uh, we, we would definitely be all for this. You know, let's make this happen sooner than later. I, I, I think traditional healings, you know, from uh, from just hearing comments, you know, you, you're being referenced from, you know, Gord Downey as one of the top healing, traditional healers on the planet yeah. is, you know, that's that's proof of the pudding right there. And, you know, just seeing who you've worked with and who you've, you know, bounced back on their feet to, you know, well, from, you know, uh, you know they, 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 they had the choice to go to the wrong fork in the road and you've steered them back with not medicine, but with traditional yeah. healing. That's the yeah. way. It's amazing sometimes, you know, when you get somebody walking in our property, they, they don't even know why they're there. But something may become here, Gary. And I know why. You guys are going to put me in contact with that little person and, and start walking with them. Something I did, you know, uh, when my first session was over, my, my therapist at the time says, Gary, get yourself a little uh, one by one picture. You know, I have a picture on my fridge here. I think it was about a year and a half old. So I, I think we all drink coffee and tea in the morning, and I, I put a little bit of milk in my coffee. So every time I take my milk out, I, I say, good morning, Gary. Nobody's going to hurt you today. That's your responsibility now to protect yourself and speak up if somebody's treating you wrong. If you don't have your voice, come see me. I'll, I'll be your voice for you. I'm not trying to talk anymore. Just a powerful, I, influential message. And like I meant... I mentioned before, Gary, I think that you're, you already are, but I think your positive impact on the community is going to continue to grow. And uh, just, just real inspiring um, uh, messages tonight that I, we can, you know, uh, deeply impacted a lot of people, including Mark and myself. Yeah. Well, thanks for the very nice words, guys. Uh, I very much appreciate it. I didn't think uh, like, oh crap, you know, I, just, I, I haven't eaten all day, guys. Okay. I've been drinking tea and coffee. Like I said, I, I don't want to get sick on the camera here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, like for me, I'll, I'll tell you, this is a form of healing for me. And I have to thank you both for reaching out. This made me feel a lot better, guys, about you two guys and what you're what you want to do first and how we can work together. Yes. I think maybe other communities can take lead from you guys. Well, hopefully they do. Hopefully, you know, someone out there will, you know, come out with programs. You know, you said it yourself like, right now on uncovering the bodies on the, the West Coast. Wait till it gets here. You know, again, there's a, a different trauma that uh, needs to be dealt with. And again, it has to be through the path of traditional healing. So, you know, you know, the OPP, all the all the law enforcement, when that wave eventually gets here, you know, they should be maybe taking some, uh, you know, proactive steps to come and visit you. And they, well, they, they, they I, I really think they, they they have the power to do that, but I think it's not the officers in themselves, it's the uh, upper echelons that have to make that decision and give them the, the freedom to come out here and uh, learn something different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, they'd get a lot further if they learned to, to, to talk to people rather than uh, talking down to them. I think you just got to respect them because, you know, once you get to know these guys on the street, man, they, they'll give you the shirt off their back. Very nice people, even though they're hurting. 
I have no qualms, uh, you know, going uptown at night, talking to the guys. I take them out for coffee. I'll buy them a meal. And if they're bored, I'll take them out to the property. They'll pile wood for me. You know, they just want to keep their mind preoccupied. Uh, removing benches from downtown is not going to solve your problem. You know, some of these guys are living on the outskirts of town. This is the city of Timmins in 2021, guys. That shouldn't be happening. So I'm uh, praying and hoping, guys, that this uh, show here will certainly uh, open up a lot of eyes and, uh, you know, people start taking the responsibility and uh, working together. Like, I, I, I don't want any recognition for this. I don't do it for that. I just want our people to heal. That's I was going to post the comment from Guy, but it's so big it cuts off Gary's. Uh... Yeah, well, Guy likes to talk lots like me. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it was so big it cut off, but... Uh, um, yeah, Mark and I also, we want to make an impact. So any anything that we can do to work alongside yourself, your team, help build awareness, we are 100% committed to that. And we should very much stay in touch. Yes, and we will. We have an open invite at any time that we go live to come on and provide updates and, um, you know. Well, you know, well I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something, guys. I'll, this is a personal invite to you both. My, my young worker, Doug, Doug Davies, is probably one of the best hunters I've ever met. And uh, I'll see what we can do about uh, maybe uh, giving you guys an experience uh, on cooking a, a goose over a fire. Traditional yes. style. Yeah. With, I've never done I that. I love that. No, never oh, yeah. done that. I, 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 I've seen it done, but uh, that, would be, uh, that would be awesome. Yes. Let's, so, uh, let's yeah, you that. guys have ever been to the keg, the steak host? Yes. Okay, our, our menu prices are double that. <laughs> it, be, it better be a good goose then. But here's the thing. Oh, yeah. you throw the goose at you, we wouldn't know what to do with it, right? But uh, you, you, you take it step by step, right? Well, actually, you know, we have workshops out there. We show young people how to clean and how yeah. to prepare those uh, wild game for uh, traditional cooking style in teepees. It's, it's a lot of fun, guys. You'll enjoy yeah. yourself. I we consider us accepted that invite. <laughs> yes. Right. Sign us up. Let's make this happen, uh, Gary. Let's uh, let's put this into motion and, you know, let uh, let Jamie and I come out there and learn how to uh, cook. Well, you, know, because, you know, because of COVID's still here, but what we can do is uh, we're still allowed to gather in groups of six and ten. We'll just mm -hmm. limit it to that and, uh, and take it from there. Sometimes yeah. the small groups work better just for uh, uh, just to talk and uh, get to know each other type thing. Okay. I said, in our culture, that's where we, how we bring people together is through food. Yes. You know, we, sharing a bit of the culture. Let, let's chat behind, behind the scenes and we'll, yes. we definitely will accept that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait. And, <laughs> if you get, and if you guys don't like the geese, we'll have a box of uh, KFC uh, on the floor. <laughs> on, on backer, just in case. But, <laughs> but I think aside from cooking the goose, you know, all the traditional healing methods, it'd be nice to yeah. see you know, what, uh, what the traditional healing methods are for, you know, your, your, the, the different types of medicines, yeah. you know, instead of using, you know, today's medicine, you know, yeah. from big pharma, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to, you know, put, uh, we, we can definitely put a nice segment together. And I think this will, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think it's time we start having fun now. We've done enough crying and I'd like to invite uh, people of Timmins to come and uh, join us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing to be afraid of, guys. This is uh, what what we do for a living here has kept us alive for this long, and we, we, we're not planning on going anywhere. But we'd like to have better neighbors, that's all. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Respect. Invite has been accepted. 
Yes. I'm already getting hungry. <laughs> well, speaking of eating, now that I got the nervousness out of the way, I can feel my hunger pain now. There you go. You did a tremendous job. Uh, just tremendous. And yeah, go and enjoy a great meal. And and uh, I know you spent over an hour and a half with us. Uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, it felt like it was only about 10 minutes to tell you the truth, but I know it's, I just checked the clock. Yeah, it's been on for a little over yeah, an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. just wonderful. We really appreciate it. And enjoy, enjoy your supper, a well-deserved break, and we'll absolutely keep in touch. And once again, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you guys very much. Thanks, Gary, for coming on tonight. Miigwech. Miigwech. Tremendous, what a uh, tremendous, inspirational gentleman, Gary Martin. I, I, I can't believe, you know, uh, hearing stories about Gary, you know, people using Gary as his mentor and their mentors, you know, a traditional hero. That's what he is. And again, you know, you, you, you can't get a better reference or a better quote, especially, you know, someone referencing you, you know, at the top of their game when Gord Downey, uh, you know, before he passed, you know, referencing uh, Gary as the top traditional healer that he's ever met. And when you, when you're looking for traditional healing, you look for Gary Martin at uh, the, you know, miss away health and wellness center here in the city. Which is it's not this just that Mark's in fact, you know, Gary had trauma in his own life. How he explained to us and he had, to, he had to find his path for five years. And now what he's done is he's taken that and he's helping other people who are going through some similarities in life yeah. And that's what a lot of folks need a time, just someone to reach out and be available to help them. It, it's very easy to judge someone when they're addicted to substances, when they're homeless, uh, when they're having a tough break in life. It's very easy to judge them at first book, but maybe they yeah. haven't had the opportunity to, for guidance, for help, for counseling, friends, support. And that's what Gary does. And that's why he's making a, a big change in this community. So. You know, a big impact. You know, again, you go with the, you know, people make the, the first judgments. You know, people, you know, turn the, the ignorant route as opposed to peeling back the layers and asking simple questions. You know, how are you? You know, uh, a lot of people get, you know, shunned away from, you know, just a simple question, a conversation with someone who's feeling down. They, 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 they probably want to communicate back and verse which you know that's what uh, gary does again you know gets uh, he peels back all the layers gets right down to the root deals with it and uh, you know they uh, they 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 walk down a better path now that uh, that success story that he was saying you know from a gentleman who was you know turning down the wrong path a couple of years ago now working you know at one of the mines here in uh, the city is absolutely amazing after uh, two two years you know of you know dealing with gary's traditional healings that's right Okay, so before we go, just quickly, we have a couple things we wanted to talk about, and we won't take too much time. Uh, so tomorrow night, we are going to be at the Hollinger Golf Club. Yes. I said court before, but it's Golf Club, correct? Hollinger Golf Club. So they've opened up uh, a huge tent. Uh, and they are, uh, it's not just for the golfers. If you want to come there and watch the game tomorrow night, Montreal and Tampa, Habs are down two to nothing. They're going to have wing specials and drink specials and a good time. And it's outdoors and it's inside a tent. And you and I are going to be there live, uh, between a four and 6 PM doing a, a, a live for the Hollinger golf club. So we're really looking forward to that. And, uh, so yeah, so, so that's where we're going to be. So if you're looking for a spot to watch the game tomorrow night, Hollinger Golf Club it is. They're kinsmen. 
It is going to be a good uh, good night. And again, uh, Habs, uh, they need a winner. So they're going to be down three mm-hmm. games to none. And again, 4,000 square feet, uh, win or lose. It, it's such a perfect atmosphere. If, uh, if you haven't been yet, you know, if you're done playing golf, and again, you don't even have to be a golfer, just show up and yeah. uh, you know, find so, a spot under the tent to yeah. watch the game. And again, uh, you can't beat uh, half price apps, right? <laughs> half price app. So yeah. we're look, really looking forward. You and I went there Monday night and checked it out. We love it. Um, just amazing. And we're going to introduce uh, a couple of the staff there and the members. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. And it could have been the Leafs in the Stanley Cup, but never mind about could, that. Could, could have been, coulda, woulda, shoulda. It wasn't. Uh, you know, the so Leafs had them at three one, yeah, like three games to one. Like, come on, Toronto. Uh, Toronto had their chances. Now it's. Are you still of, not over that. For that? What's that? Are you still not over that? I'm not. Uh, I don't think Leaf fans ever get over it. We we, yeah. we get over it. We're just so used to it now. Okay, so a couple more. Do you many? Are you asking me this question? Well, that's do the question. Mini- no, we're uh, yeah. we're asking uh, our viewers. Do they oh. mini putt? At the Hollinger Mini Cup and the, the Mini Pot here in the city, because uh, we've got some big plans happening with uh, Don Mark, who mm-hmm. at uh, the Mini Golf, and it's going to be a fun way to uh, get into. Uh, can we can we unveil any of the details? Are we allowed to do that yet, or do we have to wait till tomorrow or on uh, Saturday? We're going to unveil some of the details, Major. We're going to unveil that. Y- you and I, for some, we found some magical way to keep secrets now. I don't know how. I always used to be a gossiper. Now I'm a secret guy. I found the match with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. We've got uh, two golf events, you know, the Hollinger Golf Club. We're going to be playing, uh, you know, underneath the tent and uh, hanging out there. And then, of course, uh, the mini golfers. It's uh, something that we're, uh, we're, we've designed for the entire family to play and to have some fun with Kins and Clump Live. And again, we'll unveil that on Saturday. So we'll be watching our page. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely unveil. We're actually going to be hanging out at the mini pot. Okay. And then on Tuesday, we're going to announce what's happening at Full Beard on Thursday. So we've asked people to save the date. If you got to get babysitters, uh, book time off work, Thursday, July the 8th, starting at 4 p.m. at Full Beard. Now, the guys at Full Beard, you know, they tell us we can't release nothing to Tuesday. I like the build, but we're going to reveal what's happening on Thursday on Tuesday. That's right. So we're going to let you know what's happening on the Tuesday show, and then that will make you want to be there on Thursday to uh, to, uh, to to ring in the party. Yeah, it's a, well, we'll just call it a patio party right now, full beard. So if you've got nothing planned, uh, you know, fingers crossed, weather permitting. Uh, but then again, they've got the tents. It's going to happen, rain or shine. We'll, uh, we'll have ourselves a good time there. Awesome. And just finally, on Sunday, we have Vanessa Landers on the show. Yes. Uh, team Be Strong. Vanessa, if you haven't been following her journey, uh, she uh, we talked about her on a show a few weeks back. Well, she's continuing the journey. She's got an update on the journey, and uh, we'll have uh, Vanessa on the show on Sunday. And she'll uh, she'll let us up to date on what is happening currently in the midst of trying to get to Toronto for uh, feeding tubes and whatnot. It's not uh, it's not a rosy path that she's following, but we're definitely on uh, Team V yeah. and uh, Team V strong. There's uh, new stickers, by the way, which we'll bring to the show on Sunday, and we'll tell you where you can buy the stickers. They're ten dollars, and again, uh, Team V strong. You want to uh, give back to Vanessa? We'll uh, we'll give her the chance to come on and. Tell her story, and 
we'll uh, we'll hopefully raise a, a bunch of money for her. That's right. She's and, in need of it. And before we leave, we definitely wanted to mention uh, Timmins RV for sponsoring the show. Once again, Kinsman, it, it, the heat is coming this summer. We're getting a little bit of rain, but what would you rather do? You're all camping, be in a tent or <laughs> be in a beautiful RV watching the Jays game. That's right. right. Let's uh, let's say the the RV, especially if you don't like getting bugged, uh, you know, at night, you know, literally, mm-hmm. right? Mosquitoes in the tent. Uh, you leave it unzipped. It's going to happen. You know, at least in an RV, you can easily see it, swat it, and then you're back into the comfort zone. You know, it's like the confines of home, but at your mm-hmm. campsite. And again, they are now the home of the Keystone RV, the uh, the Keystone Arcadia RV, yeah. the newest line. And you want to visit them online, TimminsRV.com. And I was just uh, looking. They have a 2021 Sprint travel trailer, which uh, is uh, $10,000 cheaper as of uh, right now. I just looked at their price. It was uh, re- originally $75,000. Now it's uh, $65,000. So they've got uh, some great deals there. And again, don't pay for six months. Yes. Awesome group there. And Lucian, so we are there early next week to shoot another video. And this time I get to ride the school bus. And so right. you, you get to ride. You made a big stink the last time. You lost yes. the coin toss. So Penny, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna put us both to work. So the next time we're at Lucian, of course they're recruiting new buses, uh, new bus drivers for the coming uh, upcoming school year. Uh, I'm gonna be doing the in class training, and she's gonna mix it with you doing the driving for the on route training. And it's not just the parking lot. She's gonna take you through the city of Timmins. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that should be fun. <laughs> I'm going to pull right in front of Walmart, get the, the primo spot right in front of the entrance and, and walk in and get some groceries. <laughs> I guess not. All right, Mark. Um, that was uh, probably one, uh, maybe our best show. And once again, we wanted to uh, thank Gary for his, his message, his storytelling and what he's doing for the community. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, just excellent. Just an excellent uh, man. Again, Gary Martin. Can't, can't You can't get better than the traditional healing. And again, uh, the Missaway Health and Wellness Center here in Timmins mm-hmm. is on Facebook. You can contact the center if you need to uh, reach out, which we will. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully uh, get there, and we'll, we'll we're gonna see how we can cook a goose. Mm-hmm. You you and I, Jamie. That uh, that that that's one of our our, our our tasks to do this summer. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to hang out with Gary. You know, he, yeah. he seems like that guy. You know, as he was saying, you you feel like you're at Grandma's house when you 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 step onto their property for the first time. When you're talking to Gary, it's like you're sitting in front of uh, your grandfather listening to stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just a, just a, an inspirational man. And uh, you know, he he's got a lot of praise, a lot of praise on the show tonight with the comments. Yeah, and again, what a what a treat to have him on the show. Uh, you know, obviously under uh, you know uh, terrible circumstances, but uh, it's good to know that traditional healing is uh, the path to go. And for those out there listening and watching, you know, uh, you know OPP the you know the trauma, you know the departments out there getting ready for the the wave when they do uncover more bodies. You know, when it gets to Ontario, you know Gary's uh, Gary's definitely the one to uh, to talk to for teaching. 100% agreed. My, we rarely agree, but we definitely agree on that, Mark. Certainly do. All right, my friend. You have a good night. You too. We'll see you tomorrow.